Welcome to Mosses of Growth, an insightful podcast with some of India's most interesting minds and their ideologies. Here, they will share their experiences on their road to glory along with any speed bumps that they may have encountered on the way. Today with us we have Rajiv Kher, the founder president International Wine and Food Society, Delhi branch. It is an honor to have you with us Mr. Kher. So, could you just tell us what inspires you on a daily basis? Like, what made your story begin? Uh, you mean work, passion, art, love? What is it? Uh, it's well. If you, if you really look at it, it needs to be a balance of work because work, when it is fun, it's. It's itself rewarding because of what you can achieve and, and and do, whether it's create, whether it's strike a deal or whatever it is. And at the same time, if you have other interests, which is very important in life to to balance out as a human being, uh, those are some of the things that help us to also uh, derive. So for me, it's, uh, it's my work. I, I'm passionate about old cars. So that's something that has uh, kept me going. I, I love wines and, and I love art. So these are some of the things that excite me. Uh, now that you've told us where your story began, could you tell us why your story does not end? Like what motivates you on a daily basis? So the, the moment we stop growing, uh, it, it's it's the end of the road in a way that you haven't uh, you don't you don't get to enjoy, learn, grow as a person, and and all of this uh, keeps us. In, in fact, just today, I was watching on YouTube. A video of a 103-year-old woman in the U.S. who owns a 1930 Packard car that she still drives. But more than the fact that she's still driving at this age, she still has as much enthusiasm and zest for things and excitement uh, as as a young person would have. And I think that's very important. To, to stay healthy and young for long period. Right. I completely agree with you over there. And for my next question, I would like to know if India is a big market for wine and does India have the potential to become a big consumer of wine in the years to come? So as, as far as wine goes, you know, it, wine has not been part of our uh, drinking or eating culture. Right. It's, uh, legacy has been left over by the British, which was uh, basically whiskey, which is what most people drank. Also, um, drinking is, is a pre-dinner thing here, and it's not something that you do with your dinner. And unlike Europe, where people, even in, in England, would uh, have meal and then they would go out to the pub or wherever to have a drink. Right. France, it's totally opposite. Wine is 
is something that they have with the with the meal a lot. Right. Not so much as an aperitif, but more with the meal. And, and, and so really it comes down to two, three things. In my opinion, who drinks wine in India? A person who is drinking wine in India is somebody that had either studied abroad and and part of the memory yeah. somebody that lived worked abroad and or somebody that went on holiday to some place and, and they went to a restaurant or a cafe or whatever and, and there they part of their evening experience was some food in a great setting and a bottle of wine. So for them the wine became a a tool, an ingredient of creating an atmosphere, and and un unless people experience that, it's it's going to be just a little thing. And that said and done, India is a huge country, right? And uh, our palate is very sophisticated. We are used to to being able to to detect so many different spices and so many different flavors that once people have had this experience and this great Eureka moment, wow moment, I'm sure they will they will enjoy wine more so than now. And, and, and if you think about it, even if you had a lot of people just drinking wine twice in the year, let's say, anniversary and open a bottle on a birthday but still a hell of a lot of people that will end up drinking that is so I, I think it's going to come from exposure and to some extent with exposure thereafter it, would, it, may, it will reach as they say a tipping point where it also becomes socially uh, acceptable and necessary and so on and so forth I mean you take the case of Indian weddings there are so many weddings where the, uh, the, the arrangements are phenomenal. I mean, they're serving the best of alcohol, the best of food, the arrangements are superb, but the, the wine would be a $2 bottle of wine, whereas it would even serve something less than a blue because there is no, uh, let's say, knowledge or culture to have something of quality. And it will come. It will come. What, 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 I'm very hopeful. I just want to know what makes you think it will come. It hasn't come for so long. What's going to change? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a question which is very dear to me. And you, for it to come, partly is exposure and, and, and lifestyle. India has evolved a lot in, in that aspect. It's not so uniquely Indian anymore. It's, you know, we've... Uh, a lot of the American culture and, and, and other things have come into our lives. Also, I... ...were not something that a person had and, and was blown away. And unless you're blown away, it's just another experience. You're not going to want to repeat it. And you only want to repeat something that has left a, a, a remarkable memory in your mind. And whatever that may be. So I think, you know, 
the uh, the chance for people to have great experiences now is I, I see that happen. Okay, and um, so what do you think about the current wines that are being produced in India? What are your what is your opinion about them? So I so I'm I would add that. that I'm a person that is a big fan of old world wine. Okay. And, and the, the old world wine, they were the traditional wine used in regions of the world. And they had the right climate. And over time, very often, with the help of the Cistercian monks, they could discover the best terroir. So they've got a huge head start over what is called the new world wine growing regions. And the new world wine growing regions are still discovering what are the best places in their country to grow the wine and uh, what is the best grape there and which is the best clone for that particular plot and so on and so forth. It's a learning curve. The, the old world, especially the French, have had a huge uh, head start on, on other parts of the world. And that's one aspect of the matter. The other aspect of the matter is that it's like if you drink beer, for instance, a bottle of beer, five to six percent alcohol, will hit you to a certain extent. The moment you have a beer which is eight percent, the effect is hugely magnified. It's, it's right. like you know we we grew up drinking rosy pelican or golden eagle, and and there used to be a beer called Guru. Guru was a strong beer, and Guru would hit you more than a whiskey. Same for whiskey. You've got the normal whiskey is 40 to 40 to 42 proof. Right. And the past strength whiskeys are around 52 or something. The effect of, uh, so it's only 10, 10 proof more, but two shots of a cast strength is a lot more than even four shots of a regular strength uh, whiskey. And the same comes to wine. The, the wine made in New World for the grapes to reach phenolic maturity in the new world as the as the grape gets riper the sugar content in the grape is up and up and sugar is what is ferments and becomes alcoholic so that's why if you would see wines from Napa Valley or, or even warmer parts of Italy, they're hitting close to 15% alcohol. Whereas French wines earlier, before global warming, were like 12 to 12 and a half. Now they're at 13, 13 and a half. So you're already in the same analogy. Cast strength versus normal strength of whiskey, or beer 6% versus 8%. The same analogy applies to wine. Uh, 13, 13 and a half has one effect and the moment you're doing 14 and a half to 15 the effect is hugely multiplied. So that's now when we come to India we've got the same situation high sugar content it's still a learning curve where they're trying to discover what's the best grape uh, there. They've started off doing all of the grapes that were hugely popular internationally. I think the grape in my opinion that can do very well in India is Chenin Blanc 
and Sula does a good Chenom Blanc. And the other grape that I think can do very well in India is Tempranillo. Tempranillo is a grape that is popular in Spain. Some of the top wines are made of that grape. And it's again hot and dry climate like ours, uh, where the wines are grown. And, and, I've, and I've tried uh, a Tempranillo made by Charosa. Charosa was a small boutique winery in India uh, that got sold some time back. And, and the wine was fabulous. Yeah. So, yes, small parcels, there's, there's, uh, and it will, it, it will help to grow the market. It's, it's much yeah. more affordable, more people will take to it, and it's a good thing. And I think that's particularly what India needs right now as well. It needs a wider range of the market. And for my last question, right. what advice do you have for the people of my generation aspiring to become successful entrepreneurs? Well, you have to pursue your dream and don't give up and continue to try your best. Try and think out of the box and, uh, and that's it. Thank you for that great advice, Mr. Kerr. Thank you very much for taking our time as well.